morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you, dear listeners. Welcome back to Floaters, a podcast where I talk to the culturally confused like myself. My name is Sophia. I am your host, and I'm coming to you live from the glamorous, the glitzy, the gorgeous studio wardrobe. How are we doing, listeners? Are we doing well? I can tell you that here in the UK, COVID restrictions are lifting a bit more. So yours truly went out for the first time over the weekend, and when I say out, I mean we're going to bars, we're seeing some friends, we're having a good time. I went out, out. I went all out, and my God, the next day, boy, did I pay for it! Boy, it was bad. It's like my body. Has aged maybe ten years over the course of the pandemic, and with it, so have my hangovers. So,、um, you know, it's not been great. But at the same time, if there's one thing this pandemic has taught me, it's to make the most of the good times. You know, gotta grab the opportunity while you can. You never know, especially in this country, if another lockdown is just around the corner. So seize the day, seize the day. Now. Let's get on to this episode. So today I am talking to self-described walking identity crisis Calvin, who is also the host of the Global Citizens podcast. It's also a live stream, and this is a podcast where he talks to a lot of notable third culture kids. And then he also talked to me, <laughs> and、um, we connected over social media. And、uh, and I'll leave a link in the episode description here of where to find、uh, that episode and other episodes of Calvin's podcast. It's really interesting. He gets some really great guests on there, and、um, and on this episode on floaters, Calvin shared his experience、uh, moving from a big city to the countryside and living with his parents, very similar to my experience, and、um, the ride he's had with his own mental health and discovering the term TCK and what that. Meant for him and the journey he's on now. So, without、uh, further ado, I don't want to spoil anything more about this chat. Let's jump straight in. I began by asking Calvin, "Where did you grow up?" All right. So I am actually an Indonesian Chinese, and I grew up for over ten years. I think it's reached to twenty, but、uh, due to the fact that my dad. Constantly tell everybody, every one of his friends. Oh, he's away. He was away for seventeen plus years. So for the six of consistency with him, I'll just say it's nearly twenty years.、Uh, but yeah, I grew up for almost two decades in Singapore. Now, I think my story is a lot easier to compare to most DC cases, is because well, I only have to deal with two countries growing up. Now, the fun part is the intersection in between it. So I grew up. Uh, I was raised for like almost ten years or so with my aunt, who is married to a Korean. So my uncle-in-law is a Korean, and my cousin is half Indonesian, half Korean, who spent his time growing up in、uh, for his for his kindergarten years in South Korea, and he grew up for most of his life in Indonesia, and he goes and then to Singapore, where I was actually staying with them at that time, and then. Uh, he head back to South Korea for his military service. Now the last part, I think, even though it's not a culture that's predominant within me, actually, I actually went to a private school 
uh, which is affiliated with University College Dublin in Ireland. So uh, you're not gonna hear me. You're not gonna hear me speaking in an Irish way. Uh, I know how to imitate the Irish accent if you want, but sometimes I kind of worry it make it sound Scottish. So <laughs> I'd rather not say it. Uh, I do love I do love pickled eggs though with my beer. So that's fun. <laughs> It's one of those things you get pick up on your travels. I love it. Yeah, uh, that's actually a way to actually to get to integrate myself with my with my professor because my professor is Irish. So yeah, there there's a McTeegan bar in Singapore actually, which he keeps complaining. Oh, it's not an authentic Irish bar. There's no rugby game. There's no there's no nothing authentic about it. But yeah, I still enjoy the drink and. Uh, well, I managed to graduate from college, so I think that helps one way or another. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> and I mean, with Irish bars, there's like one in every city, isn't there? Like they're just all over the place. It is, it is. But yeah, the thing is, in Singapore, it's like it's always in a city area, so you don't see it as often. <laughs> so <laughs> only at that time when. I actually happen to frequent that area, so I noticed that bar, but I've never gone in there. And when actually, when during my during my course during my studies, my and my professor wanting wanted to go out for a drink, so I told him, "Oh, you know that there's an Irish bar nearby here, right?" So yeah, that's where we went too. So that was fun. <laughs> it sounds like a pretty cool professor to have. Yeah, yes and no, because he can be quite boring. It's like he's one of those long-winded type, but he's a nice guy to talk to. But yeah, uh, yeah, I better not reveal the name. <laughs> I already graduated. Please don't pull back my diploma. Thank you. So where is it you find yourself nowadays? I find myself, uh, now I'm actually stuck in Jakarta. This is uh, my, my, home, my hometown. Uh, I was born here and I was here until I was 11 years old. Uh, so I'm stuck here though due to pandemic, just like everyone else though. I nowadays I guess if I have to say I'm much more comfortable is most comfortable I guess is online. Since yeah, people tend to say during the during the pandemic that oh you know we are we are be growing apart socially, but actually no. I actually am more acquainted and more connected online is because actually a lot of TCKs need to find an outlet to meet up and online was the best place to do it. So yeah, I guess if I, in my subconscious mind, I think online is the most comfortable place to be at. Uh, but location wise right now, it's either Singapore which I sadly have not been able to come back to for two years for obvious reason. And nowadays I'm much more, I'm also quite comfortable in Bali due to, due to the hybrid community there, whereby it's quite welcoming to the expatriate community. So yeah, I have to choose either Bali or Singapore. Wow. I mean, they're quite extraordinary places to choose from as well. Um, and yes, thank you. With, with the online, um, with creating a sort of community online and being more connected, did you notice during the pandemic, like a kind of a boom in, in TCKs using social media? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the thing is, is that in a sense, uh, 
I don't, I'm not trying to sound too commercial about it, but actually the once pandemic stopped, uh, it kind of affected my viewers. <laughs> It's because nowadays TCK have to come back to work or they have to return back to studies. So in the past, like I can easily get quite a large number of viewers within my first 30 minutes to an hour. <laughs> but now, uh, since everybody is back, it kind of affected my viewers. So that kind of sucks. But uh, in a sense, it's good is because uh, at least the world is in a, I mean, loosely, we are going back to normal. We are going back to our daily lives. So yeah, that's that's in a positive note. And yes, uh, like what you said, Sophia, it is true. Like TCKs uh, start to find an outlet and the best way to do that is online. And yeah, there's a lot more TCKs that actually start to find a community online. In fact, there was actually an upsurge trend in TCKs creating podcasts since we don't re we need to be more engaged. You are one of them, but the thing is, is there's there's so many of us. In fact, when you were on my show, I highlighted that we actually need to have like a governing body for TCK community who created podcasts. Reason being is that every single one of us have a TCK related part in the name, so it's really difficult to since how many variations you can have, right? So yeah. <laughs> No, absolutely. I mean, that was the thing um, that, yeah, really surprised me. Because I mean, when I when I started this, of course, I was like, well, it'd be great to have this sort of community. And then the more I looked into it, the more I was like, oh my God, like there are so many of these. But I guess that sort of shows the the urgency with which people want to share their stories. And like yourself on your podcast, uh, Global Citizens, I mean, how long have you been doing that for? Uh, the show itself has been around for this is going to be her second year but overall i've been creating content for tck or the global citizens community in for three years actually oh wow yeah it's going to be my third year so <clears throat> the story goes actually the story goes in long ago no, no, no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding so i took uh i took a break in 2018, late 2018, I decided to take a break because I was feeling really burnt out living in Singapore. It was like my second year's second or, or it's like my first or second year working. I graduated in like late in around 2017. So uh, entering the adult life is not an easy thing. And being in a developed country, which is one of the four Asian tigers, is not an easy place to start with. It's really tiring. So I was feeling really burned out and I don't, I want progression. I mean, that's what we always want in life, right? We always want prog to progress in life. So at that time I was thinking, okay, uh, I'm not going anywhere where I am. And at that time my startup was failing. So, okay, let's, let's take a step back. Let's see what I can do about it. And at that time, my dad actually had like a certain business to settle and he's getting old. He is reaching his, he's already in his 60s. So at that time I was thinking, okay, uh, I can head back home. I can take, I can look after, I can spend a lot more time with my parents because I live abroad most of my life. Then um, I can build up myself from there. I can find some form of improvement. 
then before I let me see what I can do with it. So, okay, I went back home. But the thing is, is my dad being a typical Asian father is like, the prodigal son has returned. Okay, I will pour in everything to you, son. You are going to take over me. Even though, well, yeah, we have two completely different ideas at that time. So uh, at that time, my re-entry permit in, for my Singapore permanent residency was still valid for three years. So, okay, I'll be back in Singapore at when the time is about to end, like 2019 and 2020. I'll spend time with my parents. I'll help out with whatever business they need to do. And in early 2021, maybe after Chinese New Year, I'll head back to Singapore. Well, that obviously went down to the toilet <laughs> due to <laughs> pandemic. So uh, one of his idea was at that time is that he wanted to invest in a property, which is outside the city. It was two hours from my house to my house outside the city and heading back home to Jakarta, uh, usually because it will be reaching in the late afternoon to evening, it will take three hours. So five hours drive back and forth. And over there, I have, I mean, I grew up in a big, in a developed country. I grew up in a big city my whole life. And then suddenly you put me in a rural area where the people do not understand English for one. Like I can't sing with them that most of the topic of conversation is never something that is engaging to me because uh, not to their own fault, of course, is because they're, they're, their main means of survival is through hard labor. And I can't, I can't speak English to some cows and chickens to some of the livestock there. So I'm stuck. Uh, so we, at that time, I wanted to figure out, okay, how can I make the best of my situation? Because my only asset at that time is a laptop that is like around 500 bucks plus that it's not even mine. I took it from my former employer who did not give me my last paycheck. Oh my Red. God. Yeah. Uh, so, and uh, thank God a Wi-Fi access. So, okay. I, that's the only thing I have. So what I did was I used to write articles. I've done, my idea was to compile the articles and make it into a book. Uh, when I think I'm around three quarter done, I actually showed it to a friend of mine who is an expatriate, who is quite aware of the TCK community. And when he was reading it, he told me, you know, your book doesn't, it's not, it's not complete. It's only represent one part of your TCK identity is for one thing is you grow up in a developed country, you come back to your own home country, which is a developing country, but it doesn't encompass the entire experience. Like what about missionary kids? What about military kids? What about variations of the TCK community? What about the cross-cultural kids community? So when I thought, when I were, when I keep listening to him, I'm like, oh yeah, that is true. I don't encompass the entire hemisphere. So at that time, I actually, after that chat, actually the next day, I head to Singapore for a, for a, for a break because I need to return to my own safe haven for a while. I actually attended a networking event and there are two TCKs with me at that time. Uh, we just had a chat and I found out that they're TCK, one of whom actually grew up in the US and returned back to Singapore. Uh, I don't want to say anything negative about the gentleman, but 
at that time, the keynote speaker in that networking event is actually a two-time Amazon best-selling author. And she's, a, she's an international speaker who has spoken in around 15 plus countries at that time. And that, that guy actually, in the midst of her speech, suddenly said, you know, you've only done two books and you are there standing on stage. I've done eight books and here I am still trying to make it. So uh, I usually tell people that it's just being too direct, but that's honestly, that's just outright rude, right? I mean, you want to go up on that stage, you want to be known, you make your book into Amazon best-selling books. Mm. But at that time, I was thinking, okay, apparently, though, when I found out later on that his books actually had the same kind of idea as mine, is to write your intercultural culture shock, and then you tell to the, like, you're trying to tell it about how it is. Mm. And then as I reflect on it, it's like, huh. If I actually just do it the same way as he does, I'm going to end up with nothing. Because, well, you want to publish a book, there's a lot of resources, time, and of course, there's monetary to it, right? Mm -hmm. So at that time, I was just unsure about it. So how can I do it? So before I head back to Singapore, and before I head back from Singapore to Indonesia at that time, uh, I actually save up quite a bit of money and around two or three months, I actually attended around 100 networking events. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's like every single time of my, everything, because I can use it for, because my, my startup at the time was on its last leg. So I actually have the, uh, in a sense, a certain time because I can just make the excuse, oh, I'm going to a networking event. Maybe I can make some potential clients. So like almost every single day, I went to two or three <laughs> events and well, I can save a bit of money since a lot of the events have food, so I can just <laughs> eat the food there and yay, and then I can meet people. Yeah. So and, these are all TCK events you went to? Uh, at that time, not yet. At oh, that okay. time, not yet. At that time, not yet. Only, I only found an event which has a lot of TCK at the last event that I actually went before I head back to... Uh, Indonesia, sorry, before I went to South Korea for a holiday and then I head back to Indonesia. Mm -hmm. So what happened was that uh, during that events, I actually met a lot of notable influencers and, and international noted coach in mm -hmm. Singapore that actually already make a name from themselves, that they are known in a lot of big MNCs one of whom is actually a sales trainer who has been, who has visited, like I think his record is at 40 country at the moment. And he is noted in a lot of financial advisory company. And uh, he actually came over to Indonesia quite often before the pandemic. And I actually always helped out SSPA whenever there's an event and there's an event here. Since it actually allows me to, in a sense, to mingle with the big wig without having to pay anything. So yeah, I met a lot of all these kind of notable individuals and only the, then I kind of picked bits and pieces of, at that time I was just trying to figure out, okay, I always aspire to be a speaker, but what do I want to speak about? <laughs> because I, uh, I mean, uh, when I was doing some research, I see a lot of people who talk about sales has something to do with motivation or sales or 
well, maybe they have a personal niche topic. So I'm not a blockchain expert or anything. So that's out of the window. I'm not a motivator. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm a walking human identity crisis. <laughs> I have too much shit on my plate. So you want to motivate, you motivate yourself. <laughs> I ain't got time for that. And I was in sales, but I don't think I accomplished enough to actually be able to talk about it. Uh, so this was the last part, actually, because I actually haven't found out I was a TCK back then. So my last event at that time, I actually met, I actually went to a startup hostel in Singapore, the only startup hostel in Singapore. And I actually met a guy called George who actually just came to Singapore at that time. He was just about to expand his company. He's a, he's a TCK. And uh, yeah, uh, I know that there are some teenagers here. Uh, so uh, hopefully you guys don't really do it the way I do it, but I was drunk. At the time, it was really happy hour. So it's also on Friday, it's a happy hour. So I was really drunk at that time. So yeah, we, we, I actually was chatting with him. And he actually told me uh, when I, I was, was having a discussion with him, then he, when I told him, hey, uh, what's your story? I told him I grew up in Indo I'm Indonesian, Indonesian Chinese. I live here for years. Then he's like, oh, you're a TCK. I'm like, wait, what? What's a TCK? <laughs> I don't know what it is at that time, right? And well, I was drunk. Okay, I was drunk. <laughs> so, uh, but the thing is, it's like, oh, I'm a TCK. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, I was half, I was half stoned, but that term keep buzzing in my head, even until I reach home. And the next day when I was nursing my hangover, the term still resides in my head. It's like TCK, TCK, what is that? Okay, I tried to find the acronym for it and and I found out. So uh, as I was at that time, uh, so a bit fast forward back then in September 2019, I actually, because as I mentioned, uh, my article was stumped. It's because I have to come back to square one because it's not as comprehensive as I wanted. So at that time, I was reflecting back on the term TCK. And then I remember all of the experience I went through is like, huh. Why don't I do it differently? Why don't instead I write, I invite TCKs to actually come sit with me and or nowadays or the ways that I've been doing it is online, like a webinar kind of style or just my, my style that I've been doing it live stream is that why don't I just invite you guys to come tell your story? I don't have to have any kind of qualification. I don't need to have any kind of certification to do it. It's like, I'm just asking you, hi, how are you? It's just like, uh, we're having a regular kind of conversation like we are doing now, but there's a camera in front of it. I don't need to have any kind of it. And that's how I've been doing it ever since then. I've had the, I've really had the fortune of meeting a lot of people notable within the TCK community. And in fact, as I told you guys that I was drunk, I don't know what came over me, but I told that to Dr. Ruth Van Rieken, the mother of the, TC, the modern TCK community. So yeah, yeah. I think uh, I got a laugh out of her for that. But the way she looked at me is like, it's like if a grandmom found out that you're drunk and you're passed out in a balcony or something. So yeah, shout out to Dr. Ruth for that. Thank you for being <laughs> understanding. So yeah. Well, how is that 
what helped then with your with your own sort of resolving your identity? I mean, I know you mentioned earlier you're a walking identity crisis, and I I relate to that on such a deep level. I don't know if yes, you... you are one too. You are one <laughs> yeah. too. So um, uh, I wonder with with your podcast and like with your live streaming and things, how has that sort of enabled you to resolve a bit more of your identity? Right. With all due respect, I actually never want a resolution for my identity. The reason being is this. If you don't belong anywhere, you belong everywhere. You don't have to feel the need to be cling on to a certain culture, to a certain modus operandi. You don't have to. It allows you to associate yourself with people of different kind of background, different kind of ethnicity and culture. And in fact, you can actually always adapt their style, what they believe in. And if it's something that something that actually resonates with you, you can adapt it as part of who you are. Because I don't remember there's any rule in society that says that you can't have the personality of other culture. So this was something that I never want a resolution to. But yeah, uh, actually, and I'm not trying to insult the TCK community, guys. I'm representing you guys. So here's the thing. When my show started picking up steam, I think it was my 16th episode at that time. Uh, I actually just got my first ever TEDx speaker who actually is a TCK, uh, who actually spoke about TCK in a, first, in a TEDx speak. She is a really good friend of mine. Her name is Christine Chen. So... And at that time, there were uh, several people who actually, because when I first started doing it, I never really care if there's nobody, not anybody who like me or I'm not, if I'm not going to become rich or famous, I don't really care about that. I, I think I share an answer with you on this is because I was living in a rural community. I have no TCK connection. I have no global connection. And uh, well, Therapy is expensive. So, yeah, making a podcast is a lot cheaper. Yes. So, okay. <laughs> do, do a podcast. So, at that time, because I, because I never thought that people will pay even a, even a single bit of attention to what I'm doing. But they, are, they do. And suddenly, there's several people who start approaching me. Then they tell that they are TCKs. Uh, some of them have uh, actually on my social media because I post photos when I'm with them or some of them have become my guests. So uh, that was something that was really encouraging to me. And at the time, okay, so now I got attention for TCKs. Okay, I'm going to keep on doing this. And I have five straight episodes with TCKs and in the end, I ended up in a depression. <laughs> I'm sorry, but when you hear when every single question of on the questions of home and everybody have their own personal stories, their own approach, and you are settling your own approach. So you're like, I'll try. Okay. I, okay. I don't, I will never give up on my, on the TCK community, but I, I'm doing this to, in a sense, to help me to cure my own depression and it got worse. So, okay. What can I do now to make sure that I still stick to my team? And also how can I keep on doing it and then I realized that what the main issue for TCK is the intersection in their identity so I got it got me thinking okay what about adult third culture kids what about those who actually 
uh, may have left their home country as an adult, but then they, without knowing it, they actually are suffering the cultural shock. Or what about those who are never actually are in one location, like digital nomads? So that is how I expanded the portfolio to make sure that all of these kind of community uh, communities are represented in one way or another. And along with that, I've had several people who actually helped me to start that I've invited is just as a sense of gratitude. And also it's because I want in a way to show them that, hey guys, uh, you guys have done something for me. You guys have done, you guys have made me feel, well, feel in, feel good about myself. And so, okay, why don't I give you guys some exposure? Like hmm. tell what you guys are doing, your stories so that even if uh, even if let's say it might not be something that everybody can resonate, but the thing is, is that at least I maintain a good connection with you guys. So that's how Global Citizens has been. And mm-hmm. I think in a sense, in terms of how, it, as I mentioned, I don't want a resolution for who I am, but at least in a sense, it gave me a certain sense of purpose to actually want to do something is because we always need to have some kind of motivation that makes us want to wake up in the morning and not everybody can have their dream job so let's have something on the side that makes you feel motivated to want to keep on doing it to want to find to want to be motivated to do so and i think that has been it that has been for me mm-hmm. yeah i think I, I, I might have experienced a similar thing to you in terms of like slipping into a, a depression or something while creating the podcast. And do you know, I, 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 for me, it was, it was the, the comparing myself. I was comparing myself to these other people and how they perhaps were dealing with their own identity or their travels and even, or just little things like that. And it's not, it's almost like I was like, okay, feeling like an imposter is not enough. Let's just keep up, ramp up the imposter syndrome and make ourselves feel a bit more, you know, out of place. Um, but uh, I think it's, you're right though. It's good to just like take a second and, you know, appreciate what you're learning and then also sharing it on this platform. And and you're reaching so many people and getting such great guests on that it seems to be really doing the trick. And I wonder if we could just take it back for a second. So you're starting yeah. this podcast and you're um, living at home. I wondered how, how did you, how have your parents sort of coped with your experience of reverse culture shock? Mm, okay. Yeah. As I mentioned, actually, or I think I briefly mentioned it earlier, when we first started, there's actually quite a little bit of argument. And the thing is, is uh, funny enough, my dad is actually a domestic third culture kid. He grew up in Jakarta as a hometown, but he actually is from the northern part of Indonesia. But the thing is, is because uh, at that time he has he he being one of the oldest son, so he has more responsibility, and his focus is more on that responsibility as compared to cultural identity. And I mean, I'm not trying to sound ungrateful, but he he has push he has worked enough to the point that well maybe i am i have i have a sense of comfort uh, of where i live so the cultural identity became uh, is became something that i can put at the forefront there was 
a lot of argument back when we started is because I didn't spend most of my teenage years with him and my mom. So uh, what he will always remember is the earliest impression of me before I hit my preteen years, which is way different from me as an adult. Uh, I mean, there's a certain bits and bits of there, but the thing is, is that you grow up, you have a different kind of out, uh, outlook and perspective, right? So uh, I remember there was this argument and I think in a sense is that, I mean, I still, I have a loving relationship with both my parents, but in a sense, this particular argument is something that in a sense create a, a layer, a layer, an invisible layer where that makes me feel really cautious to interact with my parents. So the argument went like this, my dad who at that time was not used to the way I approached it because at that time I was really, I was really depressed at that time. And he says that, you know, maybe sending you overseas was a mistake. You know, it kind of messed your brain up. I told him and I replied at that time, I'm not a mess. The system in where I am at is pathetic. Why do I have to feel that I have to, I have to humble down? I have to lower down my progress just because some guys who can't put up with how I do things, just some guys who just want to be more respectful instead of progress. Why do I have to humble down for these guys? So in, in, in Indonesia, it's still a developing country and there's a precedent for respect over efficiency, which is an opposite of where I was at in Singapore growing up. I mean, it's not that Singaporeans are disrespectful to their elders, but there's always an understanding that when you are working, you are being a professional. And in, Sing in Indonesia is because most of the people who grew up in a rural community, they all are closely knit. And then they come to the city, this kind of mindset carries over. So to me, that is not something I can work with. And that actually resulted in an argument here and there. And the thing is, is that uh, I, as I mentioned, I have a loving relationship with both my parents. And thankfully, my dad is not somebody who can remember all these kinds of pain uh, at a extended duration. But the thing is, is that in a sense, it makes it create a certain kind of like ice barrier or an invisible barrier of sort, because now I have to be a little bit careful or how I talk. Uh, my perspective on my opinion. Uh, I mean, it's not easy, but thankfully I have my mom who understood where I'm coming from because I'm able to be a lot more open with her. So she understood that I am not, I am not like my sisters who have a, a strong roots growing up in Indonesia until they are, they are in their adult years and they actually left overseas. They know she understood that I don't have the roots there. I don't have that kind of attachment there. And I don't have a community here to actually be around with. So she understands. So <clears throat> uh, whether dealing with it has not been easy, but I think now one of the cheat code that I do is that, okay, I have an issue with my dad. Um, I try to find several few days whereby I rarely have any kind of interaction with him and I just talk to my mom, <laughs> then my mom will be the one that explained the stuff to my dad. So at least uh, there's no argument at home. And well, with pandemic, we are stuck anyway. 
So I have to find multiple ways to cope with it. And yeah, uh, doing a podcast in a sense also act as that therapy is because it's an emotional outlet to for me to be able to keep connecting myself to the world. Uh, I actually told my dad that uh, this actually helps me to talk with people of different countries for work. So it's like, oh, yeah, it's true. It's good for business. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Keep doing it. So at least whenever there's a day where I have an interview such as this or days that I will be having global citizens, he will not touch me at all. So <laughs> in a sense, that became my own safe haven uh, while I am still here. So yeah, that works to an extent. But even then also you get jittery here and there because we want to keep traveling. Uh, I mean... Uh, that's that's part of the that's part of a blessing and a curse, I guess. Growing up mm. as a TCK is that you don't want cons- you don't you don't easily want consistency. You don't want a sense of root being rooted down. And well, I can't really deal with the situation. I can't con- I can't change the situation at the moment. But at least I've tried to find ways to deal with it. I mean, do you have any ideas uh, at the moment of perhaps places you might want <clears throat> to travel to or live? Like, I mean, obviously we're in a pandemic, so maybe not like yeah. immediately, but have you got that a list in your head? Uh, yeah. The thing is, is that I, as I mentioned earlier, I always aspire to be a speaker. So my dream is uh, to have one rooted place. I don't... I don't know if it's going to be Jakarta, but my family has been trying to uh, migrate to Bali because we actually have some work there, which is put on hold, of course, due to pandemic. Uh, I would love to make my family anchor at Bali, whereby I get to, I always have to spend, I get to be with my family or in Singapore, but I know my parents don't like to be in Singapore other than for holidays. So... That is something personal for me. I have, I actually plan to come back in 2021, and then I will want to find a way to convert my permanent residency to a Singapore citizenship. I want to convert my citizenship. Uh, that's definitely that was the plan long term. Actually, I don't know how it will still be the plan or not, uh, since we do still have we do have progress with how we handle the pandemic, but we can't predict, we can't predict what's going to happen. Right. Mm. I mean, now there's apparently now like a mutation of the COVID virus itself. So I don't know how it will be. Whereas what I want to be is that I want to have my family as my anchor, but most of my time I will be overseas. (laughs) Maybe due to work, maybe due to being invited, something. That's what I wanted. Uh, the places like I would, uh, I don't know if I want to live there, but I've always wanted to visit Los Angeles. Uh, yeah, I was asked before in one of, in an interview last year, I think like, what would be a perfect day for me is okay. Uh, is to be able to watch a Los Los Angeles Lakers game and then afterwards have a lobster roll and that will be done after I completed a speaking gig that I'm getting like around six figures. So <laughs> that was actually, that's actually the perfect day for me. Uh, I mean, however, if you, if you believe yeah. you can achieve, that's what they say. 
yeah, if you can believe it, you can achieve it. But of course, nowadays that you can see in the news with a certain baboon for an orange head that they installed last year, uh, that is not something that I want to experience being an Asian. So, okay. Uh, other than that, I've always been interested to visit the Oceania, Oceania, uh, Australia and New Zealand. I've always been interested to see that place. Mm. And yeah, I think those areas, uh, I would love to visit Europe. I would love to see UK actually, but I oh think my God, I will... if you ever end up in the UK, you got to let me know. I'll take yeah, you all around London. <laughs> I, oh, you're in London now? Okay. Well, I will be. If you travel up, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully by the time you travel up, I'll be back in London and I'll take you around. Yeah, I am. I am. I actually know a lot of. I actually know a lot of DCK community in London. So yeah, uh, definitely would love to visit London. But uh, nowadays we don't know how it will be. But I don't think I want to live there. I would love to visit the country and I would love to visit the area, but not to live there because um, I'm too much of an Asian. You can put me in a, uh, some, a place that's like summer all the time, but no, I don't want to survive in a winter country. <laughs> so that's why I said I would love to visit Europe, but not in a place that has a cold climate. Oh I my God, you'd hate it here right now. Like I, I, it's the middle of May as we record and it's still like rainy, really windy. Like you wouldn't know that summer's around the corner. It's just absolutely terrible. But at least with the cold countries, like at least now that you've got those off your list, it's like, it narrows it down a little bit. I find with TCKs, like very often it's like, I want to just go everywhere, but you've got a little bit of a narrow sort of list, narrower yeah. list. So that's <laughs> no, okay. Uh... No, uh, a friend of mine who is a Norwegian, uh, a Norwegian TCK, uh, said before, you know, if you can't survive a cold weather, you're, you're a wuss. I'm like, yeah, I'm a wuss. I don't <laughs> care. I don't care. I don't want to go to a cold country. I, I can't stand it there. That uh, is fair enough. Totally fair enough. I'd rather be in a hot country right now, to be honest with yeah. you. But, you know, Come one here. day. Yes, <laughs> one, day, one day. One day. <laughs> it's hot I'm, like crazy here. <laughs> Well, now that you've got your, you know, you've got your podcast on the go, you've got your streaming and, um, you know, perhaps publishing a book one day, who knows, things in the works. I mean, what else are you looking forward to in the future? Like what's, what's next for Calvin? You know, I've actually been asked that before and it's like, what is the objective of Global Citizens? And the one who asked me is actually a noted lawyer who has 15 years of experience with business mergers between Singapore and Indonesia. She knows the country even more than me. And she definitely is somebody who you can't beat in a debate. <laughs> so she, uh, she kept on point asking me, so what is your, uh, what is your objective and everything? And I keep giving her this kinds of answer, uh, but she doesn't see it because she keeps telling me, yeah, you know, I can smell your BS, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, you don't have to say that. It's not meant to be a BS, but because I, that, as I said, I was I created Global Citizens actually was just trying to deal with my depression. So in the long run, I never know what I wanted. I mean, okay, he told me, okay, choose a figure. What do you envision you to be? And I am saying this with the utmost respect to Bernice King and the entire King family. My, I always said that I want to be an Asian, Martin Luther, 
the like the late Dr. Martin Luther King, the Asian Dr. Martin Luther King, except I don't want to be assassinated. <laughs> I don't want to get shot. Uh, and again, I am saying this with all due the <laughs> utmost respect to the King family. And I know because in my LinkedIn, I have Bernice King as a connection. So I am saying this with the utmost, utmost respect. I'm not trying to disrespect the late Dr. Martin Luther King. It's just that because uh, that was the legacy I want to be able to do. It's not trying to be disrespectful at all. Please, I'm not trying. I have the utmost respect for Dr. King. In fact, he's one of my personal idol, and I always credit him as one of the person who want me to start doing this. But yeah, I'm not trying to be disrespectful again. Yeah, I want to accomplish what he does in a sense to to highlight the reality of a broken system that resulted in us not being able to be more accepted of people of different color, of different ethnicity, of different background. Except, as I said, I don't want to be assassinated. I don't want to get shot. So again, uh, no disrespect intended. But yeah, that was what I wanted, I guess. And I think uh, I think she summed it up perfectly for me is that I want to facilitate change to be able to make the world be more accepting of certain issues that is considered a taboo or a negative stigma in several cultures. And I don't know if Global Citizens will be the one that helped me to do it. I mean, I, as I said, it was just a platform to me to be able to have my voice. I just want to have my voice be heard out at that time. Well, on that note, I mean, is there anything in particular you'd like to plug or promote today? Um, other than Global Citizens, I guess I will be having a new episode tomorrow so my guest is actually from arkansas he grew up there and he actually wanted to be a globetrotter but he actually found his eldorado in japan so that he has been living there for 25 years and i don't know how fluent he is in japanese because the last week i the last time i tried to invite him he said he has a japanese class so i i mean it works for him so yeah, that will be my new episode tomorrow. So please be sure to check out Calvin's podcast, Global Citizens. There's a link in the episode description here. And to ease you into the flow of his podcast world, why not check out the episode with me, Sophia, where you can learn a bit more about what I'm like, completely unedited, because unlike this podcast, his podcasts are recorded live. So go check that out. Now, a quick plug from me. Regular listeners, you would have heard this plug before, but I'm going to plug it again. I've written a a theatre show, a play, if you will. And it will be on at the Brighton Fringe here in the south of the UK uh, next month in June. It will be June the 14th and 15th, 2021 at uh, 6.30 so uh, if you want to buy tickets, I've popped a link in our link tree, which is on our Instagram page. If not, you can always type in the name of the show in Brighton Fringe. And the name of the show is Lady Baby Shrooms. Yes, you heard me. Lady Baby Shrooms. And if you type that in alongside Brighton Fringe, 
a, a page will pop up and you can buy tickets and it'll be a lovely old time. It's not a long play, don't you worry. It's only 45 minutes. You pop in, it's like seeing an episode of a, of a new TV show. Pop in, 45 minutes later, you'll still have time to go out for dinner, maybe take in another show, go for another drink. And if you do come along, please do say hi. It's very exciting for me and it'll be the first time that I've actually been on stage myself so I'm actually in it as well as having written it and doing all the other bits and pieces so uh, all the support would be amazing and I know you floaters are you always pull through so uh, if you want to check that out please do and as always you can always like rate review comment and subscribe on this episode and the podcast and give us a like and follow on Instagram and there's nothing left to say other than thanks Calvin for chatting with me thank you to Adora for your help with graphics and Aral for your sound help go check out his website guys it's always in the show notes if you need and thank you to you dear dear listener it's been a pleasure until next time bye bye